0: Hello and welcome back. I am so glad you are here today to talk about energy and how we can increase our energy and our focus with our food choices. I had the opportunity a couple of days ago to give some presentations and I gave them on two different topics. Uh, One of them you've heard me talk about before, which is positive thinking versus power thinking, and I'll link to that episode in the show notes over at primalpotential.com, and the other was how to increase energy and focus with simple nutrition strategies, and I want to share with you today the thoughts that I put together for uh, this group of teachers a few days ago because we can absolutely, without a doubt, increase both our energy and our focus, oftentimes significantly, with some specific Food choices. And I think that in general, we often overlook how fundamental food is as a solution when we are facing low energy. Typically, when we're tired, we turn to the non obvious things, right? We turn to caffeine and stimulants. They've become our new obvious solution, right? We don't even think about well, geez, if food is fuel and I feel low energy, we just go to caffeine, stimulants, sugar, and really that is a backwards way of looking at things. We, we overlook how simple but powerful it is that food is in fact fuel, right? Our body needs fuel to run, right? But what does that mean? It means that food is also energy, And so when we experience low energy, we really need to look critically and ask, what does my body need in terms of raw materials that I provide it via food that it is not getting? Because the quality of your food choices is directly related to your energy energy levels. Just like the higher quality fuel you put in your car, the more efficiently it will run, your body is the same way. And that's why I feel like many of us overlook this super obvious thing. We think, oh man, I'm totally crashing, I'm gonna go get a soda or I'm gonna have another cup of coffee, but really that's not what our body needs. And I'm guilty of this too, right? When I was really struggling with my weight, I really only looked at food as something for pleasure. And if I was feeling low on energy, I didn't think about it very strategically. I didn't ask myself, well, geez, what foods will give my body the best fuel source and increase my energy? No, I was like, I need some chocolate. I'm struggling. It's late afternoon. I want to put my head on my desk. I'm going to go get a candy bar. And it's the same thing with feeling foggy or unfocused or. Or like we can't really get done what we need to get done. And that is the worst feeling in the world when you know you need to be productive and you have a million things to get done, but you can't seem to pull your thoughts together or you just don't have enough focus to sit down, buckle down and get to work. And we have overlooked the obvious factor, which is food. So what I want to do today with the next few minutes that we have together is to talk about strategies from a food standpoint, and a couple of things that are slightly beyond the food spectrum, on how we can increase energy. Again, when you are experiencing this low energy, instead of defaulting to whatever you've done before with caffeine, or sugar, or nicotine, or whatever it is, really think to yourself, okay, my body is letting me know that it has an unmet need. How can I strategically do this? Because oftentimes, just like our dieting mindset, we employ these short-term strategies with sugar, or caffeine, and we get an immediate benefit, but it's not lasting. And with food, we can get both the immediate and the lasting benefit when we make the right choices. So let's look at some specific strategies for how we can increase our energy levels. The first one is one we talk about very, very often here on the podcast as it relates to fat loss, but today I want to put it in the context of energy, and that is avoiding carbohydrates in the morning, right? We definitely, for energy, do not want to eat that pure carbohydrate meal like oatmeal with fruit or granola and yogurt. We've talked at length before in previous episodes about the exaggerated response your body has to carbohydrates in the morning compared with the response your body would have at any other point in the day. And we've talked about this specifically as it relates to getting us out of fat burning mode, but it really impacts energy too, okay? Because you have this exaggerated response to carbs in the morning, and again, this is because of your overnight fasting period, when you wake up in the morning, your blood sugar, your insulin are at its lowest levels, okay? So because of that, you are highly sensitive to the carbohydrates hitting your bloodstream. They're more likely to have a faster, larger peak of blood sugar. Here's the thing. The steeper the climb of blood sugar, the more significant the drop off. So yes, you might feel that energy surge after your donut or your granola bar, but you'll have an equal but opposite reaction, okay? So every action has an equal but opposite reaction. So the bigger the spike, which is going to be in the morning time, the bigger the crash that feels like that super low energy shortly after you've eaten. So we have to make sure that we're keeping blood sugar stable throughout the day, but especially at the start of the day, okay? So for both energy and for fat loss, you want to be sure to focus on protein and fat in the morning, okay? When you're looking to increase energy, avoid that short-term strategy of loading up on sugar, through food or adding sugar to your coffee, remember again that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. That's just a law of the universe. So if you cause that spike in blood sugar, you can bet that you are going to feel it later. You'll feel it via the super low energy, corresponding lack of focus, and to make matters worse, hunger, and cravings, regardless of whether or not your body truly needs fuel. Your body triggers those hunger and cravings in response to that blood sugar pattern of peaks and valleys. We want to avoid the peaks and the valleys. All right, so the second strategy that we want to make sure we are employing regularly, routinely, and especially in response to low energy, is getting enough Protein. Okay. So these next couple of points are really related to the importance of keeping your blood sugar level. Those fluctuations in energy that we feel are often due to not regulating our blood sugar, not keeping it steady and stable and constant, but instead having those peaks and valleys. That's what we want to avoid. The valley is where we feel like crap, where we aren't focused, we're hungry, we want to take a nap, and you can choose to avoid that feeling. That feeling is something you create by not stabilizing your blood sugar, okay? And it doesn't mean you can't eat the foods you love, it just means that you have to be strategic to make sure that no matter what you eat, carbohydrate, protein, or fat, you are doing so in a way that will stabilize your blood sugar, and that can totally be done. So with that said, you want to make sure you're eating enough protein, okay? So although fat, gram for gram, contains more energy than protein, protein takes longer time to break down and metabolize, which means it releases its energy more slowly that is going to stabilize your blood sugar. When things are metabolized quickly, that means it hits your bloodstream fast, you're more likely to have that peak and valley, but the more slowly it is digested, the less of an impact it's going to have. So if we eat carbohydrates and we pair them with protein, the protein slows down the total digestive process, which means we won't see the peak and valley in the blood sugar that we will if we had the carbs on their own, okay? So when we compare fat and protein, Protein is metabolized more slowly, so it's really, really great for long-sustained energy. One of my clients a couple weeks ago was really struggling with low energy, and though she was in the habit of eating a lot of good fats and some healthy carbs here and there, her protein intake was just too low. But after a good couple meals with, say, three to five ounces of protein, she felt like a new woman. It makes a difference. And some great sources of protein are going to be things like um, beef, fish, poultry, eggs, and even some whole fat dairy products if you are tolerant uh, to dairy. And remember also that protein is absolutely essential for the healing and repair of your body. So when you're not getting enough protein, you impair your body's ability to heal and recover properly. What the, that means is that your body then has to divert resources to make up for the lack of protein that because you're not consuming enough. So healing and recovery takes longer and it requires more energy. The more efficient you make the healing and recovery process that naturally happens within your body, and not because you're sick, but just maintenance, normal healing and repair that happens on a daily basis, the more efficient you make that by consuming adequate protein, right, giving your body the raw materials that it needs, the less energy that that process will require and the more energy you have to spare. So the next one I wanna talk about is fat, making sure you are eating enough fat. And like protein, this is a great thing because it is going to slow down the digestive process and slow the rate at which the food we eat hits the bloodstream, so we avoid those peaks and valleys in blood sugar. Right? And we talk a lot about fat on this podcast, and I want to go back to the important fundamental fact that calories are a unit of measurement. Because when we talk about fat, everybody panics about calories. Calories are a unit of measurement, measuring the energy potential within a food. So a gram of fat contains more than two times the energy, the energy potential of carbohydrates or protein. This is because carbs contain four calories per gram, and protein also contains four calories calories per gram, whereas fat contains nine calories per gram. And again, this is where the panic comes in. Oh my gosh, it's so high calorie. But weirdos like me get excited. That is high potency fuel. It is slow burning and it is going to be satisfying. And your brain is about 60%, six zero percent fat. So this high quality, slow burning fuel is legit brain food, right? And I will Absolutely, definitively say that your energy and your focus will suffer without adequate intake of healthy fats, period, end of story. Fat is absolutely essential. Some of my favorite fats are going to be from avocado um, and salmon because salmon is a fantastic blend of of quality fats and quality proteins. I also love MCTs or medium chain triglycerides that are found in coconut products or you can buy them on their own, but the great thing about MCTs, MCTs is that they bypass the normal digestive process and they shoot straight to the liver where they are metabolized immediately for rapid fuel. So you get that sort of food high that you often get from sugar, but it doesn't elevate your blood sugar, so you don't get that peak and valley that leads to that energy crash and I just want to take a nap. The next one, we've talked about uh, avoiding carbs in the morning. We've talked about protein. We've talked about fat. The next one is water. And this is such low-hanging fruit. If you recognize and understand and believe that you can increase your energy by just improving your hydration, that's so easy. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to increase your energy with such a simple change? Because just mild, minor dehydration of a couple of percent can have a dramatic impact on both your energy level and your ability to focus. Think about it. Water is the most significant component of your blood. Well, what does blood volume have to do with energy? If you are dehydrated, there is less water in your blood, your blood becomes more viscous, even just slightly, and that is going to slow down the delivery of oxygen and nutrients to your entire body and your brain. Now, this is not just about drinking plain flat water. You can also incorporate more foods that are high in water content like vegetables and fruits. And I always get the question, well, how do I know, you know, how much I should be drinking? Really a great way to know if you are hydrated to the extent that you should be is the color of your urine. It doesn't need to be clear, but it also should not be deep yellow or even moderate yellow. You want it to be a very, very, very pale yellow, almost clear, but you don't have to have it totally clear. The next one I want to talk about, and it's funny for me to say this because I love my coffee, but I am really mindful, to watch out for caffeine. You may need to dial back here. Yeah, absolutely. Caffeine is a stimulant. So if you are low energy, it's where a lot of people turn to, but I don't think that this is ever the first line of defense for low energy. At least it shouldn't be because honestly, among other things, it can mask the symptoms. I personally drink coffee because I love the taste of it, not because I'm dragging and I need a stimulant. If you have low energy, that is a sign that your body isn't getting something that it needs, and we need to hear that signal. We do not want to mute it. It's kind of like my view on pain. If you pop in a leave every time you have an ache or a pain, you're missing out on the powerful information from your body, which is trying to let you know that something isn't right. So we need to heed those warnings, not mute them, and adjust and respond accordingly. And I'm all all for caffeine. I'm not anti-caffeine. But I don't think it should be the first line of defense that you rush to when you are feeling low energy. I'm going to strongly recommend that if you routinely have low energy and you're turning to coffee or soda or caffeinated tea or whatever, an energy drink, that you dial it back and try to really address the root of the problem first with foods, especially high quality foods that are rich in vitamins and minerals that you need, as well as paying attention to your sleep and your stress management. The other thing to remember is that caffeine is a diuretic, right? It makes you shed water, and so if you're a heavy caffeine user, you could be setting yourself up for dehydration, which leads to fatigue and trouble focusing. The next one I want to talk about is skipping the sugar, especially on its own, just pure sugar like the candy bar or the granola bar or whatever. So let's dial back to the 101 on sugar for just a quick second. Remember. That the building block of all carbohydrates is sugar. This is true whether we're talking about pasta, bread, oats, beans, or apples. The building blocks of all carbohydrates, sugar, right? All carbohydrates are chains of simple sugar. Some of them are long chain, some of them are short chain, some of them are linear, some of them are branched. Some carbs have more fiber than others, but when we're talking about any carb. We are talking about sugar. The amount varies, of course, right? But so many people will say, I don't eat any sugar as they sit there with a massive bowl of fruit salad for breakfast and wonder why they have no energy a couple hours later. And I'm thinking, well, that big bowl of fruit isn't protein and it's certainly not fat. And this is not to demonize fruit or carbohydrates at all. In fact, I teach carbohydrate strategies, so I am not anti-carbs in any way, but I'm all about the right information regarding carbohydrates, and there's a ton of misinformation. Carbohydrates are made of sugar. Sugar hits your bloodstream. When you have a blood sugar spike, you will have a blood sugar crash. We want to have a slow and controlled release of sugar into the blood at all times, okay? Because if we don't, that is going to significantly impact your energy and your ability to focus. So I really encourage never eating carbs on their own. And I talk a lot about the golden rules of carbs and fat loss which I will link to in the show notes for this episode. But when it comes to energy, we really want to emphasize slowing down the digestion of carbohydrates by consuming carbohydrates alongside fat or protein or fiber or some combination of those. The next thing, and this is going to seem really silly, but I promise you it makes a difference. If you want to increase your energy, breathe more deeply. It seems silly, but it works, and oftentimes we create crises after crisis, like we just create so much drama and chaos in our world with things that really are not all that dramatic or all that chaotic or all that urgent, but we kind of whip ourselves up into a frenzy of, oh my gosh, what if, and I have to do this and I have to do that and blah, 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 blah. And it is exhausting. That requires energy and it exhausts us. And one of the things I really work hard with my clients on is just slowing down your thoughts. You cannot do 77 things at once, and so sitting there perseverating over, and I need to do this, and then I have this meeting at this time, and oh my gosh, did I forget to do this, and what about this, and I have to pick up the kids here, and blah, 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 blah. That is exhausting you, right? You cannot do all of those things at one time, so just slow down. Breathe more deeply and do what you can do right now. The only thing it is going to do to perseverate and fixate over something that's in the future or something that's behind you in the past is drain your energy. No wonder you're tired. No wonder you can't focus. You're not right here in this moment. So one strategy that I absolutely positively advocate is just 10 slow, deep breaths, If you are feeling low energy or if you are having trouble focusing, stand up, stand tall, pull your shoulders back, push your chest out, and take 10 deep breaths. This is not just psychological. Remember that oxygen is required right? Oxygen, I mean, really, we need that oxygen in our system to fuel our bodies and so that energy production can happen in the body. So when we take these 10 slow deep breaths, not only do we quiet our mind and stop expending, wasting all this energy, right? It's like it's like if you have this energy potential that you can imagine is like a balloon, then when you, when you squeeze the balloon and open the valve, you let all the air out. That's what we do when we stress and we worry and we work ourselves up. We're releasing all our energy in a completely inefficient way. But when we take 10 slow deep breaths, not only do we bring ourselves back to this moment where we have power and control and we can make a difference, but we're also hyper oxygenating our blood. That is going to increase your energy. So just stand up wherever you are. 10 slow, deep breaths and imagine as cheesy as it is, I don't care. Listen, I'll do anything cheesy if it makes me feel better, gives me more energy and helps me reach my goals. I'm like, okay, if it's cheesy, who cares? If it works, that's what I care about. Take 10 slow, deep breaths and imagine the oxygen traveling through your body. And with each exhale, just release whatever it is that is stressing you out that you cannot do anything about right now in this moment. If you can do something about it right now in this moment, then go do it, right? Take your 10 deep breaths and then go do it. The next one I want to talk about, boy, oh, boy, am I opening up Pandora's box on this one because I get so many questions about supplements. I'm going to say B vitamins here, but then I'm going to talk about supplements because that's not necessarily what I mean. So B vitamins, they're water-soluble class of vitamins. It's not just one B vitamin. You've got B6, B12, B1, B2, B3, B9. You've got all these Bs, um, but these are your energy vitamins. They are required for all of the energy-generating functions in every cell within your body. If you have a deficiency of B vitamins, you will feel it. Your energy, your focus, and your concentration concentration will suffer. But if you're thinking, all right, I'm going to Amazon right now. I'm going to buy me some, you know, a B-complex supplement, please don't because there is a difference between the bioavailability of nutrients found naturally occurring in food and the bioavailability of things in supplement form. What do I mean by that? Just because a label on a box or a bag or a thing of pills says it contains this much of X, Y, and Z, that does not mean that your body can digest and absorb it. In naturally occurring form, it was made to be metabolized, right? So there are other cofactors. When we look at, say, leafy green vegetables, which are a good source of B vitamins, there are other cofactors, other vitamins and minerals that help, there's an interplay for digestion and absorption, and it's the naturally occurring form of these vitamins and minerals. For example, folate and folic acid are not the same thing. One is highly bioavailable, one is not. So what happens with supplements is these supplement manufacturers, in trying to control their costs and produce more, make things happen faster, they create synthetic forms of these vitamins and minerals. Sometimes the synthetic vitamin or mineral is the same as the naturally occurring form. More often than not, it is not. And what that means is there is impaired bioavailability, meaning you might swallow the pill, but that doesn't mean that your body can digest and absorb the nutrients, okay? That is why when you take a B-complex, it looks like your urine is neon or fluorescent, right? That is the excess vitamins that your body either couldn't use or couldn't metabolize excreted in your urine, so you have very expensive pee. You can get B vitamins from Foods. And that is really what I recommend. It's not that I am anti supplements, it's just that there are more low quality supplements on the market than there are high quality supplements on the market. And when we have a finite amount of money, most of us have a finite amount of money to spend on food and nutrition, I would much rather see you spend that money on food where the bioavailability is going to be much higher and there are other cofactors, right? Fats and proteins and other vitamins and minerals that create this whole picture. So your good sources of B vitamins are going to be leafy green vegetables, fish, and meat, okay? So the next thing is kind of along the same lines in terms of increasing energy, and that is omega-3 fatty acids. And I've done an entire episode on omega-3 fatty acids for heart health and fat loss and all those things. I'll link to that in the show notes. We tend to think of omega-3s in terms of heart health, and that's true, but they also have a huge role in energy function, focus, and attention, in your ability to concentrate, in hyperactivity, in all sorts of things. Now, omega-3s are nutritionally essential. What does that mean? It means your body cannot make them, so you have to consume them via food or supplementation, and again, preferably through food sources because the nutrients are more bioavailable. Okay, omega-3s help your body to store glycogen, the storage form of carbohydrates in your muscle and your liver, which is your body's sort of immediate stored fuel space when you need have a short-term energy need, and so omega-3s facilitate that process. So I really encourage fatty cuts of fish like salmon or grass-fed beef, uh, and the reason grass-fed matters more, not just beef, but beef, bison, whatever, um, grass-fed because that's where the omega-3s are going to come from, primarily in the in the greens, right? They're in salmon because fish like salmon eat plankton, the green plant life in the ocean. So animals that consume this greenery are going to be higher in omega-3s. So some of my default foods for energy, things that I focus on eating when I have a little bit of a, a low energy moment, salmon for sure. It hits so many of these different things that we've talked about, protein, fat, omega-3s. I absolutely focus on my water consumption. Any small degree of dehydration will impact both your energy and your focus. Grass-fed ground beef or grass-fed bison, grass, I don't, it doesn't have to be ground, steak, filet, whatever. Um, This is a great source of B vitamins, of omega-3s, of fat, of protein. Almonds are a good one, again, because of the vitamins, the minerals, fat, protein, and you've got a good bit of fiber. Coconut oil, for sure, a great source of those medium-chain triglycerides we talked about, which are awesome for energy. And then avocado, because not only is it a great fat, which is that long-burning fuel source, but it's also very, very rich in vitamins and minerals, which are cofactors and required for energy production processes within the body. Now, what I will always avoid and encourage my clients to avoid when they are looking to increase their energy is going to be anything processed, your processed foods, your sugars, your dried fruit, and absolutely avoiding carbs and starches in the morning. So I hope this gives you a good sense of some some tweaks and adjustments you can make if you're looking to increase your energy. want to wrap up like I've been doing with what I ate yesterday. I mixed it up again. I did not have my Bulletproof Coffee yesterday. I went with uh, just straight coffee with unsweetened almond milk. I wasn't working out, so I decided to kind of go a little lighter and skip the bulletproof. A few hours later, I had three cups of cabbage, which I sauteed with butter. You guys are seeing that's a big favorite of mine, with a few ounces of leftover ground beef. I love the cabbage because it's so, so filling and very, very easy and quick to make. Uh, For dinner, I had a lot going on, so I grabbed a salad from the Whole Foods salad bar, and in that salad was arugula, mixed greens, I would say there's probably three cups of greens in there, um, with tomatoes, cucumbers, peppers, one hard-boiled egg, a leftover salmon filet, and then I did a really simple dressing of um, MCT oil and balsamic vinegar. So hope this was a helpful episode. Please never hesitate to reach out with your questions. Shoot me an email. Make sure you're on the VIP email list uh, for my ideas and recipes and motivational thoughts. You can get on that over at primalpotential.com right on the homepage. And if you have any questions, anything that you're unsure about, any direction that you need, anything you're struggling with, that is why I am here. So hit me up via email and we will work through it together and I'll be back in a couple of days with another episode. Have a good one. Hey Houston, cons prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low-price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next-day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit cons today and find out what invincible feels like.